Welcome back, you guys. It's another Wednesday. How are you doing, Mar? I'm doing good. Good. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, this is, I guess, right after Thanksgiving for you guys and right at the start of December. So yes. happy Christmas season. I know. I'm so excited. Happy holiday season. What are you most excited for? Um, I'm excited to go home. <gasps> I'm going back to Pennsylvania. Okay. So I'm just excited to like have snow for Christmas. Oh my gosh, the kids are going to have so much fun. I know. Malachi has like, which if you don't know who that is, that's my son. um, We're getting like snow pants and stuff to like play in the snow. So it'll be good. We do little sledding videos. I know. So cute. It's for snow angel. I know a lot of people do that when they're babies, like a baby, but I never did that. So you can do it as an adult too. Yeah. I tried it last (laughs) 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 night. It was like snow angel. (laughs) Oh, well you guys happy Christmas season. I feel like this this year, I feel like it snuck up on me. Like, I'm so excited it's here and it's my favorite. I mean, every season is my favorite, I guess, but this is like, I love everything yeah. about the holiday season. It's so cozy. I love that it's here. It's <laughs> so fun. So, I hope you guys are having the best holiday season. I hope you guys are not falling trapped to consumerism this <laughs> Christmas season. Okay. Because I feel like there is so many things to buy out there and like so many things that you're being told you need to buy, but don't. Amen. Hey, Make a craft gift. Be thoughtful. You don't have to make everything. You don't have to buy everything for Christmas. You can make stuff, okay? There's my... You could pay someone to make it. <gasps> no. <laughs> just... <laughs> the exact opposite of what I'm saying. No, I just feel like the holiday season is so fun, but it can get overwhelming. So I'm just wanting to encourage you. Don't get overwhelmed, people. Yeah. Hey, have fun with it. Make your gifts. Amen. You don't have to buy My anything. family does like Secret Santa, so you only have to buy one gift. Same. But we have... I'm part of two families, so it's like two secret Tanas. Yeah. And then there's me and Joel. So yeah, it's like so it's four gifts. Yes. I know. It doesn't really count for married And couples. then we still want to like get your parents a gift. I so know. Just, it just, yeah. See, it's for me, I'm count. like, screw them. If, you have, if you're not my secret Santa, <laughs> you're not getting a gift. In Mars household, it is harsh. It is harsh. She said absolutely not. Oh, uh, Should we talk about this book? Let's do it. Okay, guys, this book is called Counting the Cost, and it is by Jill Duggard Dillard. And if you don't know that name, Oh my word, you guys are in for the best episode ever because this book is written by the fourth child and second daughter in the Duggar family. Come on. If you don't know who the Duggars are, okay? (laughs) I feel like, did you actually know before this book? Yes. You did, okay. Yes. I knew because my family always got teased that we were the Duggars. (laughs) And it drove my mom insane. She absolutely hated it. And I did too because it's like, it was just a very, very, very extremism, conservatism, like conservative Christians where it's like denim skirts down your ankles, only long hair braided. Like it was very, very much stereotypical 90s. Which wouldn't you think short hair is like you have would attract less people? Oh, interesting. Like, because if I look at you short, like long hair, when I see long hair, I'm like, wow, you got some long hair, you know? It's like, oh. I feel like modesty comes from like, you don't want people to really like be looking see, at you in that way. Exactly. But I think with the long hair, it was like, you shouldn't like modify what the Lord quote unquote has given you. Oh, so they were like, yeah. oh, if your hair's long, you shouldn't chop it kind of thing. You yeah. should just let your hair be whatever it is. Yeah. Which I mean. Got it. Yeah. Miss that part. Okay. <laughs> But it was like that level of conservatism. And so this family, the Duggar family, it's 20 children. You heard that right. 20 children, 19 biological and one adopted from a couple named Jim, Bob, and Michelle Duggar. So, I love that they adopted just one. They're I like, know. and one to top it off because they couldn't just have 19. They had to have a perfect number. I'm so curious 
to chat with Michelle Duggar. I don't want to. I want to know, <laughs> how is your body? How are you mentally? How are you physically? She's after hanging t- on 19. by a literal twig. <laughs> 19 kids coming out of that body. Yeah, that's a long time. She's just pregnant, 19 years. Oh, I think one time we calculated, like, because my mom's had 10 kids, 365. Oh, no, how long? It's... Nine months. We I did the math of like it was like ten thousand days or something that she was pregnant. That is absolutely crazy. It was like it was something ten like thousand. I, I could be totally wrong. I don't want to be so <laughs> so dumb, but I remember writing it down. I was She's like, like, it was more like two thousand, but we're like ten thousand. No, that no, could be possible. It was like nine. I'm not doing all the math on here. <laughs> Everyone's screaming at me right now. Just do the months. They How just, many kids you got? <laughs> Eight of you guys, right? No, there's ten, but it was nine. Your mom pregnancies. has ten yes. babies, but it was nine pregnancies because last was twins. Oh yes, oh so, ninety months. Yeah, wait, no, sorry, sorry, wait. sorry. <laughs> nine no. pregnancies, ten so, kids, eighty-one months. So thirty days in an average month times nine is two hundred seventy. That's so two thousand four hundred thirty. Wait, really? Wait, what are you doing? Two seventy. Guys, I'm trying to do the math. Two seventy times. <laughs> Nine pregnancies, 2,400. Okay, so maybe it's 2,000 ah, days. Wait, what's your... Ah, same number. <laughs> I think I did the math a lot easier than you. I don't know how you did it, girl, but basically, so I would love to know how long oh, geez, Michelle, long how many days Michelle has been. I don't know if I could do that. I can't even mentally explain. Okay. Fact, yeah. So that is this family, you guys. So if you don't know, this was like a very well-known family in, I would say, like the homeschool circle. Mm-hmm. I was like a part of that growing up because my parents raised us homeschool and like in a Christian community. So there was like a lot of other like Christians that were also homeschooling that we knew. And this family went on to create a show yes. because of the way that they were raising their kids. And Mar, what was that show called? The show was called 19 and Counting. And the show features the Duggar family, which we mentioned the parents are Michelle and Jim Bob Duggard and their 19 children. <laughs> they had nine daughters and 10 sons, and all of whose names begin with the letter J. <gasps> Wait, I did not know that. That's crazy. Every single, and I have all their names too. Oh, Do we want to hear their names? Them. Please read them. Oh. No, I'm like a making fun. Just I genuinely. Oh yes, know them yes. All. all their names. We've got Joshua. We've got Jana. Jana. What? John, Let me see. J A N A. Jana. We got John David. We got Jill Michelle. We got Jessa Lauren. We got Ginger Nicole. We got Joseph Garrett. We got Josiah Matthew. We got Joy Dash Anna. We oh. got. Jedediah, we got Jeremiah, we got Jason, we got James, we got Justin, we got Jackson, we got uh, Joanna, we've got Jennifer, we got Jordan, Grace, and we got J- Josie, we got Jubilee, and then this random one, Tyler. What? <laughs> I think that might be a kid. That might be a grandkid. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but then we, oh, the adopted is Caleb. Caleb, wow. Okay, so if you were curious, if you needed baby ideas, um, <laughs> yeah, if you're pregnant, there you go. There you go. There in your name's. Well, so that is this family. They went on to create that show called 19 yeah. Kids and County, or 19 and County. 19 County. And they had two children. Two children were born during the show. Three children were married, and four grandchildren were born and all in this show. One of the ones that was married was Jill herself, who <sighs> wrote this book. And we will get into that wedding because that wedding was crazy. It was Moolah. so wild. Moolah. There was money spent and earned. And that is actually, I think, the biggest reveal of this book. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest, I would say, shock of this book is how the family wealth 
was distributed or in this case, not distributed based on the years and years and years of filming that they did with all these kids, right? So these kids are basically like bringing in this money and the big reveal of this book is about something that goes down with all those kids not knowing what basically they were actually earning all this time. Yeah. So this book also came out September of this year. Yeah. So it is a very recent book. And I I was so curious when it came out. And I don't know if I would have... I think I would have read it on my own without this podcast. Because again, that just was like a family that we knew yeah. of. And it was... But it wasn't like our family ever talked about it or like looked up to them in any way. It was just like a joke around our circle of people because it was like, oh, the Duggars. <laughs> we drove a massive van. It was like just all that kind of stuff. But so that is a setup. That is what who wrote this book. That is kind of what's going in. So this book is a version of a tell-all, I would say. It's kind of like, it's her memoir, but it is like she is spilling the tea on pulling back the curtain behind her family life situation. And so something that starts this book off is that her dad and mom basically go through, she remembers when they went into this church slash organization called the IBLP. Yes. And that I'd say is like the biggest transition in this family life. Like before they were always very like conservative. They would literally have like family time at night where they would run scenarios essentially of like, what would you do if this happened? Like if someone asked you this, how would you answer? And they'd Mm -hmm. say, oh, I would say, no, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And they would say, oh, good job, good job. Or they would say, like, literally, they would run snares. They'd be like, what if someone asked you to, like, oh, my gosh. Do you remember when they were talking? This is all right before IBLP, too, so that's why I'm saying this. But it's like, <laughs> do you remember when they literally were talking about, like, the dancing in the house and the music? Yes, and they had to be, like, stick straight, right? And, like, oh, Jill, wasn't it Jill? She was always, like, I was so proud of myself because, like, I wouldn't move, like, the way the other kids were. They weren't allowed to move their booties. They weren't allowed to get out of line. They had to just jump up, stick straight. And, like, if you want to dance with the Lord, that's how you (laughs) dance. You don't have no movement in your, in nothing else but stick straightness. But they were, like, allowed to dance and encourage, but then they were only allowed to dance and move and encourage, like, in that way. Where basically it was, like, you don't want to draw any attention to yourself, do you? Like, you don't want anyone to look at you inappropriately, do you? And so they would, like, you have to stand this way, you have to do this way. So that was all. Like, Let them look. And I was going <laughs> to. Just. I just feel like something that was really of just getting under my skin. And I guess I'm curious what you think about this. Before we get into this IBLP, there's so much in this <laughs> book, you guys. So much. I am so excited. But is this whole, they were taught this notion that I guess I was sort of taught in a way. I don't know if my parents would say that, but I think it's like maybe the culture around us was like this where it was. As a girl, it was your responsibility to dress in a way that didn't draw attention to you mm-hmm. inappropriately. Yeah. So, like, if my skirt was t- a little bit too short, or if I like leaned over and forgot to like hold my shirt back, or what I like, whatever it is, it's like being modest, yeah. quote unquote. That was like what these girls were being taught. But the mm-hmm. idea was like, it's almost your fault mm. if a guy's looking at you. Mm. And thinking inappropriate thoughts because it must be your fault because of what you wore. Mm. Yeah, I think this is such an interesting topic because I am actually I'm actually a woman of modesty, not crazy, but like you know I I don't 
I'm very conscious, I think, about the things that I wear because I do believe, since we are Christians, now, first of all, what they are doing, not the modesty part, but everything else that these people believe in is, like, to an extreme, to the point of, like, a cult. Like, you know, so... Yes, and I... Well, that's the thing I think that's crazy about it is, like, there there are things that you can, like... What is it called? Like, um, top tier, like, non-negotiables mm-hmm. with, like, your faith. And then so many other things are secondary, like you can have different opinions or different convictions or different beliefs. Yes. But I would say like this family, it seems like everything to them, they place on the non-negotiable. Yeah. Like you line. can't, you can't budget. Yeah. And so with the, I think it's very interesting with the whole modesty thing. I, I'm unpopular opinion. I am the person that I do agree with this. <gasps> I do. But at the same exact time, I'm also a big believer in like, you have to control yourself. Right. And so I, for me, I personally, when I dress, I don't want to dress in a way that might be, that might make another brother or sister fall in Christ. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not my job. Like, I'm here to represent the Lord, and, right. you know, and if he's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. But at the same exact time, you know, anything could happen to you no matter what you're wearing. And so men and women, like, it is also your job to keep yourself in line, right? Like, so it's like, it. I think it goes both ways. I'm going to do my ex- part, but yes. you can do your part too. I so agree with that. I think it goes both ways is something that I it frustrates me so much that is not like communicated to girls the same way with guys. It's like, it just creates this like idea that like, oh, men are just like overtly sexual beings and Mm. women are not. So men will have these thoughts if they're looking at you and girls won't. And it's just like this whole, I don't know. I just think it's like really interesting um, that in this book, that was something that she grew up with this idea of like what, being modest, quote unquote, look like. Or, yeah. and, and then the first time she had this like realization that their family was like different mm-hmm. was they were at this beach trip. They like had gone to the beach and they were wearing like full clothes. Like they were basically yeah. wearing like dresses. Which is crazy. Swimmer. How are you swimming in that? Oh, like, you're sinking. You're drowning. <laughs> you're drowning. You're not, you're not coming back up. You are not sinking. You're going down. I can, I can barely swim. Like, I'm not a strong Same. swimmer. <laughs> and Put I'm me like, in a dress. I don't think so. <laughs> I'd literally be like at the bottom of the ocean. And so literally they're swimming around having fun. And this girl, like, then and they were like at a normal beach where there's like girls in two pieces, guys in like trunk shorts, whatever. And so they like gone to the furthest, furthest side of the beach. And she literally was like, this girl swam up to them and was like, what are you wearing? Like, why are you wearing that? And she, Jill, like, responded. She's like, oh, like, we hadn't planned to come to the beach today. So, like, this is just what we were wearing. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like, oh, okay, and, like, swim away. And that was the first moment she'd ever kind of, like, fibbed slash, like, felt embarrassed about her family and recognized there was some kind of difference. And so that was, like, the f- upbringing of this family. And then their parents joined the IBLP. And yeah. what is the IBLP, Mar? Y'all, it's so much. Okay. So the IBLP stands for the Independent Fundamentalist Baptists. Okay. In addition to their religion, they follow a conservative Christian organization known as, oh, no, sorry, that was wrong. They're known as the Institute of Basic Life Principles is what IBLP means. Um, and so just got a little little information on it. So the the organization was meant to support conservative Christians in a time of unrest when civil rights movements were gaining traction, free love was being celebrated, and drug culture was more prominent. Um, Though their minister... 
Though Guthard, which was the guy in charge, was not a minister or religious leader, he thought he taught his followers that living a life worthy of God's love was best achieved by building your character around seven principles. And it was design, authority, responsibility, ownership, suffering, freedom, and success, which is like a lot. There's like definitely a little bit of like prosperity preaching in yeah. this organization. But it's also crazy because the guy was not a minister. And he wasn't married, didn't have kids. Yes. I'm saying that all caps in my voice <laughs> because it's crazy. He's yeah. running this organization that basically he's like always drilling into these people that children are a blessing, children yeah. are a blessing, children are a blessing. And then he associates that with like monetary wealth slash also the blessing of God in yeah. a way of like, oh, you are more blessed like the more kids you have. Yeah. And I'm like- yeah, like kids are a blessing, obviously. Yeah. Like it is such a gift. It is so amazing to be able to raise a child. And like, that is such a, something that you can never, ever take for granted. Like yeah. that is so special that you get to do that. But the way that this guy. For sure. The IBLP, they don't even believe in birth control, nor do they believe in anyone's right to plan the size of their family. And so um, they, all, they also go off like this book called the Vulu's Book. It's something that they read. Um, and in it, it talks about how women are also encouraged to carry pregnancies as long as their bodies would allow them to, even if doing so meant putting their own health at risk. And so it was just like, they don't believe in the birth control. They don't keep it. They don't have protection. So it's just like, they really believe that you just go and go and go until, you know, which until is like- you're Until you got 20, 19 kids. Which also like, if you don't have kids, maybe you just don't have sex. Like oh. if you don't believe in like the protection and everything. So basically right. they're saying like, they, they want don't you to believe that you up. should- Stop having, having sex. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, and so also, so they talk about these seven principles and they say uh, that the most important one is authority is what they talk about. Which like this guy who's in charge, like I think that's all he wanted was authority. Well, it, that's the whole point of like any kind of organization that has some kind of pyramid where it goes to the very top is like the person who holds all the power yeah. and it's not distributed rightly. Like that is literally what they want is power. Yeah. And, and with their authority, they they operated under this system like called like the umbrellas of protection. And it start under this model, Christ holds the biggest umbrella, meaning the entity had the most authority over people's lives. And then husbands hold the next umbrella umbrella of authority, giving them power over their wives, who hold one over their children and workers in the household. So it goes Christ, then the husband, then the wife. And then children, therefore, have no authority over themselves or others. They are simply meant to obey their parents and Christ. And I was just thinking about, like, what is different between what they were doing and versus, like, what we do. Because, like, we we teach, like, to respect your elders. But I think with my kids, I also give them the opportunity to say no. Well, and this like idea that it, it's like the husband has the ultimate say. I'm like, I'm so sorry. The Bible I'm reading is like mutual respect and authority to one another. Like yeah. you submit to each other in this yeah. way that it's like a ha like a cohabitating, like out of love and care for one another. It's yeah. not like, oh, because he said this, this is what happens out. No, like mm -hmm. that's not that's not the Bible I'm reading. And so I think what's really interesting is like they also t teach that like in IBLP, even when the daughter gets married, she still has to submit to her dad. Yeah. So this idea that like, yes, yeah, she gets married, 
But then also if her dad says something or if her dad feels a type of way, he still is operating in that parental role. Which is like, what Bible are you that reading? That is bonkers to because me. Because our Bible literally says that we are to leave our families. Meaning when Malachi gets married and he has his own family, I have no control over what happens and I'm supposed to be fine with that. Well, it's like you can also, like obviously you can still share your thoughts and opinions sure. if they're welcome. But I think the biggest thing is like, it literally ingrains in these kids from such an early age that like they don't have opinion or voice basically. Yeah. Like you, this is how we're living. These are the rules. And so it just was a very extremist way of living. And her dad would like, he basically told them this story about like when he was in college or when he was in college or maybe he was a little bit older. I think he was older. I think he had already had the kids, but basically like he went to this conference, which is why he first heard about IBLP and they were talking about like drums in music and how basically drums are like have power and they can literally be, it can get into your body and it can like basically be this really intense like emotional draw out of you. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, they were like, you shouldn't have drums in your worship music. So then he literally went home and smashed all of his eight tracks. And so then he would always be like set apart by your convictions. That's what he would always tell the kids. Mm-hmm. You're set apart by your convictions. And he would tell this story again and again and again. And Jill remembered it being like this pride thing that he was like so, they were all like, wow, like he's he's really living by his convictions. Mm. Which again, I think as someone of faith, I, I'm like, yes, there are certain things that I will feel more sensitive to that I will either not do or do more of because of how I feel like convicted yeah. or like what I'm more sensitive to when I'm reading scripture. If I feel like, oh, that's something I didn't think about. I'm gonna start doing that. That doesn't mean everyone else is. And so I think the difference is like for their family, it seemed like whatever his convictions were or this IBLP teaching, that was like gospel. That was like what They put their convictions on other people. You know, and I've known people like this who have a conviction so strong that they judge the people around them who are not upholding their conviction. And it's like, I think the Bible has the basis of like, this is what you do and this is what you don't. And what, everything else in between, like, you got to go to God and you got to ask him about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're not called to be judgmental. So it's just so interesting that, um, you know, this dad, and I feel like even the mom, they would feel the convictions. And like you said, they make it the gospel. Like, no, these are my convictions. So you also have to follow them. But then again, with under the umbrella of like, they have authority over the kids. I think it makes sense that they're doing that. But it's also like, you're, te- you're te- it's so interesting that they're teaching their kids how to have faith, but then they don't give them the opportunity to use it. Oh, 100%. That is so good. Well, and and something that's also interesting too is so like the longer they're in IBLP, the first, how did they first get this idea of filming? Basically, the dad ran for state legislator in 1998. So they're like in back east, or no, um, yeah, back east, I believe, in Arkansas. Yes, yes. Arkansas. So in 1998, um, he ran for state legislator, didn't win. And basically from that, there was a reporter there who like saw his family, like saw Jim Bob's family size and everything was like, hey, this could be really interesting. Like mm-hmm. I'd love to do an article on you or whatever. They did an article and then that got attention of like, wait, what is going on? There's like massive family living this way. So then the dad basically was like brought it to the kids. They had like a family meeting and apparently Jill was saying like when they would have these quote unquote family meetings, it was really just like, hey, we're just going to tell you what's going on. Like mm-hmm. it was not like we're going to talk about this. It was like, hey, this is what's happening. So they all get together and he basically is like, I think this is a window of opportunity. And that was like a phrase that his dad or her dad would use 
all the time. It's like, this is a window of opportunity for us to basically influence people for the gospel. Mm. So if we do this show, think of all the millions and millions of people that are going to see it, see us just living our lives for Jesus, quote unquote, and they're going to be encouraged and they're going to be like ministered to. So he's like, we're going to do it. So then basically they started 19 Kids and County, but it yeah. wasn't that yet. It was like three or four one-off docuseries mm-hmm. about them. And then it got pitched the idea of doing the 19 Kids accounting. Which is just blows, this whole show just like blows my mind. And the book is more basically off of like Jill's like experience of everything. And she talks about how she really enjoyed like the time with like her siblings on the show. But I'm not sure she truly wanted to be a part of it. No. She was like a very, very private person. Like even when she was little, she would like, there were certain times that she's like, just didn't want to film based on what they're doing. So it really, they started becoming friends with all of the crew. Like they really loved it when the film crew was in town and like would shoot because they would get to go like grocery, they would literally film them doing whatever. So they were like, go grocery shopping and whatever you buy is on us. So then they were like super excited because they could buy anything. Like all these like, yummy cereals and meats and foods and whatever. And then basically the show started doing so well that their dad was like, okay, we need to build a bigger property because they started having more and more kids still. So that we need a bigger house. So based on like the dad apparently went to the show TLC or the- um, It was TLC. Yeah, TLC, which is like the franchise, like Mm -hmm. the, what do you call it? The network. Yeah, thank you, network. And basically was like, hey, if you want to keep filming, that's great, but we like need a bigger space. And so he worked out this deal where basically they were going to build a house. So they decided to build this house and they called it the big house. Like that's what they referred to as, like the big house. And so this show just starts doing really, really well. And so now they're called, they call themselves a filming family. Like yeah. the dad would literally say we're a filming family. <sighs> Which like, this does not go against his views. It That's... That's what's really interesting is like later on there is um, as they just kind of as he's the dad starts saying yes to literally any and every he's opportunity. His money, yes, yeah, literally that's what he starts doing is like anything that they ask him to pay for conferences they ask him to come speak at traveling engagements because at this point too he starts because the show's doing so well IBLP people and the yeah. higher ups are like oh wow we could really use him as someone to like influence people for the kingdom quote unquote like that's what they were thinking. This is blowing my mind. This is, <laughs> this is blowing my mind because, and honestly, like, it's just, I, it's a pyramid scheme. It really is. It's a pyramid. Not that you have to buy into it, which is funny, but I, I feel like, did they pay this man? I don't. Did they pay Gothard? Well, <gasps> and what's interesting, too, is Gothard, like, later, he, like, comes out, like, they fi- come to find he's, like, been inappropriate with girls, basically. Yes. Like, he, he has been, like, doing terrible things and this whole time is running this organization. I just Which like do I, we not see this time? Do we not see this again? coming? Because do we not see this coming? Because he literally doesn't he's not married, doesn't have kids. Yes. And why is he running an organization that's literally telling people what to, to have do more as their families? <gasps> yeah. I'm gonna throw up. I know. That Terrifying. is nasty. Wait, you know what? Segue. So Jill has a brother named Josh. Yes. And we're just talking about how this man is literally like molesting children. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? If you guys do not know who Josh Duggar is, he is one of the brothers. He's and the oldest brother. The oldest, the firstborn. Um, and he is actually a convicted sex offender as yeah. of 2022, correct? Right. Or 2021. Well, so in 2015, so that so 19 kids and counting is going on. 2015, the show gets canceled because of Josh. 
has been like coming, like basically all these documents were come to light that he was, had uh, molested some of the girls in the family yeah. and multiple, other girls. Yeah, multiple underage girls, including four of his siblings when he was between the age 12 and 15 Which years old. Which is just horrific. And like when Jill, Jill talked about the start of the book because she was one of the girls that he did that to. She talked about the start of the book of like there was this time when Josh was like, basically his parents sent him away and he sent mm-hmm. him one of those like camp reform type things. Yeah. But she didn't talk about in the book why. And honestly, I had forgotten that that had came out in 2015. Like I I remember vaguely like something coming out about a scandal, quote unquote, about the Duggars. And it was like yeah. very shocking. But um, she talked about it in this way of like, they had apparently been pulled into the CPS and they had interviewed some of the girls and they had basically shared what had happened, been very specific. It was really, really traumatizing for them to talk about. And they, it was just horrific. Well, in 2015, they get a call. The dad gets a call and says like, these, this is going to come out in the news. Basically this mm-hmm. is going to be released. So throughout the book, which is illegal mm-hmm. because everything that they talked about and everything that the girls shared to the child protective services workers and everything, they were sworn that that was going to be kept private. Like that was not going to be on the public. And so basically- Yep. (laughs) Throughout the book, it was basically said, like Jill is specifically saying that she is suing and she names the state, the people. Every single time that she references this, she says verbatim the people that she is holding responsible for those documents being illegally released which I think is so such an important part of this book because as someone that she went through that horrific experience, then now has to relive it yes. again and again and again. And every time that there comes a hearing, she has to relive it. And that should have never happened. Those documents mm-hmm. should have never, ever been released. And so basically those documents yeah. come out. and But does she film for these? What do you mean? Like a document. What do you mean by like document? You, I thought so, it was like so a like, series. No, 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 no. So like when she basically, when she told CPS what happened. Which, wait. They wrote okay, it all on, down. They, yeah. They're allowed to do that. That's not illegal. What are you talking about? Child protective services. Like, because they have to report it. No, no, no. Sorry. In detail, what they had described as far as, I guess, the, what they sat down and talked about there was certain parts that they said were not going to be. Oh, gotcha, it gotcha. It couldn't make the public, basically. Yes. Yes, of course, they could hold Josh responsible. Yes, he yeah. could get, go to prison, all these things. It, it wasn't going to be Public read. news it, for people. Well, it wasn't going to be read, like, in court. Like, it, there were certain things that they did not have to, like, basically yeah. say out loud. And so she basically is like, they are. that's illegal. They like, invaded her privacy. Yeah, they yeah. invaded her privacy. It was all over the news. And so basically, that... That happens, and this, I guess we need to backtrack a smidge because in 2014, that's when she started dating her now husband, Derek. Come on, Derek. Shout out to you, Derek. And so (laughs) this show is taking off. She's one of the 19 Kids and Counting girls. She's also trying to get her midwifery license, so she's just, like, busy. She's filming. She's doing all this stuff, and her dad was, like, randomly on the phone with this guy, Derek, who was, like, a missionary at the time, and he basically, how he would, like, introduce someone that he was like excited for his girls to meet mm. was he'd be like, Hey girls, come listen to like, I'm chatting on the phone with this person, whatever. So she, he did that a couple times with Jill and Jill was like, Oh my gosh, dad, stop it. Like it's so embarrassing. <laughs> come to find out 
She actually really did like him. She loves this man. She loves this man. Tell me why, though. There was no holding, hand-holding. There was no one-on-one personal conversation without adult supervision. Yep. Absolutely not a kiss until the marriage day. And they were only allowed to hug from the side, so their chest didn't touch. So their chest didn't touch. It was so gnarly. And she tells a story about, like, it's called the sled. And it was basically how they, there's like a snow day. Oh, I love this. And it was like them out on this, like, snow day with their, um, all the little siblings. They sat on the sled together. Well, Duh. Derek gets on the sled with her. Yeah. And she's like having heart, what's that palpitations. called? Palpitations. And then the mom literally just calls out and says like, hey, please don't be, like, you can't do that. Or she's something like, like that. get off the sled. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what she did. She's like, she get yelled. Off. She's like, please, you can't be well, doing that. She said it in the voice. I feel like all mothers have where she was like, her. so Jill's like, oh, I know she's being kind, but like later oh, but she's going like, my butt. Yes. And literally Jill goes, yes, ma'am. Yep. And hops right off. Yep. And that was like a thing that they were literally taught to respond. Yes, ma'am. Oh, what was the phrase? It was like, yes, ma'am. Right away. Like right away. Or some, it was like they, they were taught by IBL mm-hmm. people that there was a certain phrase that how they should respond. And it was like, yes, ma'am, something. But anyway, and so Derek was like, no way is she talking to us. Like yeah. she's going to be talking to little kids. Like, and they just, it was so strict as far as their dating, but they got through that dating phase. They got engaged. And what was really crazy is this is all again while they're filming. And so yeah. Derek is on a missions trip. And the family basically is like, we, or she basically knows that they're going to court, like they're going to get engaged. In like their courtship. Courtship. <laughs> and so she tells the filming guy, like that's part what blows my mind. It's like yeah. she tells her dad and then she tells, it's like Craig, I think. Yeah. Is like the filming guy. And so he's like, oh my gosh, this will be so exciting. Let's fly down. Let's fly you all down there and we'll like, we'll like capture it all on TV and she's, or on the screen. And she's yeah. like, well, I, can I like have some time by myself? And he's like, okay, well, we'll only pay for five days. And she's like, if I'm going to get married to this man, I'm going to need more than five days with him. Yeah. So she's like, you guys can do five days, but <laughs> she's like, you guys can do five days, but I'm going to stay for longer. Like yeah. I'm going to stay there for 10 days. And so that's just like an insight onto how like this dating situation goes. And so they make it through that phase. Yeah. But then it's Basically, time for the wedding. Yeah. And so it's really unfortunate is at this point they're engaged and Derek's mom is actually going through cancer treatment. And so during their engagement, the filming crew is like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Like this is going to be a key episode. Like they're really excited about this. She, meanwhile, in her personal life is, which is her per, yes, is her life, yeah. but it's also being filmed, is so stressed because she's going back and forth between Derek's place and the hospital and just they're not sure if the mom can go to the wedding. So all this is going on the day before her wedding. And so on her rehearsal day, her dad like says, hey, can I talk to you really quick? She's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. He said, hey, I need you to sign this document. Like this is just something like we got to get for back to the TLC, like the network. She goes, oh, okay, yeah. Like, what is it? He's like, it's just like a paper. It's just like something, an update on how you guys are getting paid. She's like, oh, okay, great. Signs it, doesn't even think a thing. Because again, this whole time, IBLP teaching is like, your parent is your key authority. Like you're supposed to not question whatever. Up until this point, these people have not made a dime. Not a penny. These kids, nothing. And a lot of them are older. Some of them obviously are young because there's such a wide range. But a lot of them are older. And... So basically she signs this piece of paper and then she gets married. Okay. 
at her wedding, there was 2,000 people. It blows my mind. And who are these people? All their friends and their kids. Literally. <laughs> literally. Like, who are these people? Like, 2,000? I don't even know 2,000 people. Crazy. I, yeah, I literally don't even think I could get 2,000 people in a room. Like, for what? I For my funeral. For <laughs> that is what. Yeah, that'll be the that'll party be the of a lifetime. Everyone will show up to that. You aren't showing up in my... In my anybody, like, anybody is allowed, is now invited to Sadie's funeral. Her, there it is. Party it up. You heard it here first. I need to have over 2,000 people. But so basically that they get married and then... After they're married, like we said in 2015, the show got canceled because of Josh. And yeah. so this, what's really hard about this show, I guess, is like because it was just following their lives and their lives was, we are conservative Christians. This is living our life and we want to use it as like example to others. Mm-hmm. I think that's what made this cancellation of the show and like what was going on with Josh so shocking, I guess, to people. Because, but I don't know what they would expect. Like, if something like that happened, would did they expect the dad to just like tell the world mm. before it came out? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I feel like it's all this is just sketchy. Yeah, everything that's and I feel like that's what Jill is like realizing. This is also like sketchy, and it's also like going into the marriage. They have like financial struggles, which is like they should not be having financial struggles when they have been on the show for years. So. And basically what's really crazy is like you're saying, they have financial struggles because they're missionaries. Mm-hmm. So Jill and her husband, Derek, are actually, like I would say that they are from what it seems like, from what she was saying, what she wrote, it seems like they are the type of like Christian that's like, I want to live like Jesus yeah. did, do what he did. I want to be like Trying him. to break those boundaries that she was taught. Yes. Yeah. She's like more and more trying to be like, no, I'm just, I'm trying to use my life for this purpose and one that I think is more in line with like at least what I understand as like someone that follows Jesus to be that in Mm -hmm. more in line that lifestyle but I think um basically they're having financial struggles because they are missionaries in El Salvador and so that was part of their commitment is they were like hey they made a commitment to go and, and be missionaries and this was not part of the show this was not the family this was like them and their marriage what they wanted to do well, what's crazy is when they start to do that, there starts to be all these constraints with like filming stuff. And so she would get emails and calls from her dad or from Craig, who was like with the network and the filming crew saying, hey, like we need you guys back for these certain days so we can film. And Jill's like, oh yeah, okay. And Derek's like, well, that doesn't really work. Like, can we just film some stuff when we get back later mm-hmm. in the year for the holidays when we're home for Christmas? And she's like, oh, like it, it never pops into her mind to like, question. Yeah. Oh, maybe I maybe I don't film that or maybe I can't yeah. because she's always 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 filmed and she's always obeyed. Yeah. So she's like, "Oh, yeah, that's kind of crazy." So as their marriage starts to evolve, so does her thinking and realization around it. And also Derek, oh. a background in accounting. Yeah. Which we love because that comes in very very handy. Very handy. <laughs> so basically he starts kind of questioning it's like, "Well, what where are you getting like you think they could be helping us more with like money for this like missions work? Because he's like, it's not for us. Like we're yeah. literally trying to be missionaries and we're trying to fundraise. But when you're fundraising on the field, if you've ever done any kind of mission work, it is hard. Yeah. When you're out trying to raise money for a missions trip, it's like, it is very difficult. And so they're trying to do that. And some money is coming in, but not much. And also Craig takes money from like some of their, like some of the funds that they get allocated, he gets yeah. a certain portion of that. And so- they're just basically trusting other people. Jill's never even thought to question it. So basically, Derek is like, well, we should ask if we can get 
some percentage of like the shows that you've worked is the shows that you've been filmed in. Like, I'm sure there's some money there for you. And so she, they talk to the dad about it. They're like, Hey, is there any chance like from this company, like, which is like mad hap? What do they call it? Mad kids or what? Like they had a t- LCC that they yeah. basically got I had it written down, but I forget it in the moment. To like have all the money, like basically like their own organization, like the Duggars almost had like an LCC for like their personal brand essentially. And so they're like, can we have some of that, like any portion that to kind of contribute to our missions work so we can stay in El Salvador. And the dad was like very shady about it. Mm -hmm. Just kind of not straightforward. And he's like, well, you know, like we've always really viewed this as a missions, like a lifestyle. We've always used it as a way to like give to other people. So he's trying to basically dodge yeah. any discussion of finances. Yeah. But clearly there's money to be made. This man's literally a millionaire. Okay. Let me tell you guys this. <laughs> they did over 300 shows. TLC paid $8 million to them. Blows Their wedding... Like Jill and Derek's wedding episode netted over a hundred thousand dollars, and I guess spoiler, she had some babies. Yep. Jill did. Israel, one of her sons' birth, which they filmed mm-hmm. at different sections, that episode netted over six figures as well. So these people had not seen a penny. Yep, they've been filmed since they were babies, and this dad is basically like, "Well, no, we really, we really viewed it as like." For the Lord, like mission, like work what's he for spending others. this money on? Oh, he was spending it on cars, planes. They literally had a private jet, like I, crazy. And then he's acting like they don't got any. And also, it's well, so he stupid. was just dodging. It. And they always said he was so generous, but it was like selective <sighs> generosity, exactly. And also for him to say this like a missions work, but they're actually doing missions work, and him saying, "Well, we won't just save that to giving to people." That's literally what they're trying to do, right? So. Oh, right. oh my goodness. So the more and more Derek start pushing and Jill start pushing on it, they basically, they start to say, okay, well, fine. If you guys aren't paying us anything, like we can't afford to keep flying back to the States mm-hmm. to film for you guys. Like we didn't, we're not contractually obligated. Like Jill's just doing, been doing that volunteer work. Like mm-hmm. that's literally what you guys have always said this. So then Craig comes back at them on the email and goes, no, Jill is contractually obligated. And she says, what? <laughs> she said, what? She said, this is the first time I've ever heard yeah. about that. Derek's like, what do you mean? Did you ever sign something? And she's like, no. She goes, oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Do you remember when your mom was literally suffering from cancer? Uh, and we were planning our wedding. And I was so stressed. And I was trying to finish my college, my, my Wifery school. And the, on my rehearsal day that my yeah. dad gave me a piece of paper and had me sign something. This is free Britney part two. This is free. <laughs> She's living, it is basically the same exact thing. Well, different, but you know So what I mean. she signed this document that essentially. Which, honey, read the fine print. Oh, well, I mean, but that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say is why was she going to be reading that when she had all this going on in her life yes, and her dad is always yes. handled it for her. She's she's always That's the one thing they forgot to, ta- to tell her. You read everything before you sign. Amen. So basically, she signed away all of her rights to anything. Oh. So basically, it was like, no, any single time that she needed to film, she had to film. Yeah. Everything, anything, anything. Her kids' life, like her birth experiences, all these things they could film. And she, it was like not getting a penny. Yeah. Nothing. And so then basically, it starts this thing in um, like 2016-ish where they start 
going kind of like back and forth. They're kind of like, well, things are a little bit now awkward between Derek and Jill and the family. Yeah. But Derek also says he wants nothing to do with her family anymore. He Well, he just starts getting like, he starts pulling back. I don't think he was like, didn't want to be a part of it, but he was like questioning, well, if everything's being filmed, yeah. you and I are struggling financially to literally do our missions work. Well, then no, we're not going to fly back to just like do all of these family favors. Yeah. So I think the craziest thing, like this breaking point was they had emailed, like the network emailed like all the older kids. So basically when the show, sorry, pause. When the show got canceled because of Josh in 2015, they started a new show spinoff after that. It was counting on, counting on. Jill and Jessica, I believe, counting on. It's like, I feel like if you canceled that last show, that means all those obligations were only to that show. But then also, Jill is like one of the main people yes. in the show. So like, she should be getting money. Yes. Like, I'm just like, what? So they're doing this Jill and Jessica County on. So it's more focused on the older kids. It's like away from the parents as much. So they send an email to the network to all the older kids saying, hey, we need you guys to all meet up in Austin for this weekend for like filming all this content for the new season. And at this point, Jill and Derek are in El Salvador. And they're like, well, you guys haven't given us our contract. Like, yeah. we haven't seen it. So we're not going to, like, we're not obligated to see it. We need to stay here. And then she kind of goes in on the safety issues as well in El Salvador. So they're like, no, we're not flying anywhere right now. Like, we're, we're going to stay here. Mm-hmm. This is the first time she ever put her foot down against her dad. She put it down. She put it down. But also, tell me what, she was like hyperventilating. Oh, yeah, I know. So, Honestly, I get it, girl. Yes, I get it. Yes. <laughs> and so they would keep calling. Like the network was like, no, you need to come film. And she's like, I don't. They're like, well, you are contractually obligated. She's like, well, then show me the contract. Mm. And they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So then this starts this like week of basically roundabout being like, show me the contract. If I have to be there, I'll be there. But like, I don't think I do. And they're saying she does. Mm-hmm. So then her dad starts calling her. And her dad starts calling her and it's like, hey, you've really got to be there. It's fa- all the family's going to be there. He's not talking about the money. He's not talking about the contract. Yeah. So then it was like literally, I think it was like the night before. Yeah, the night before they were supposed to be in Austin for that weekend. Her dad calls again and they basically were like, we're not coming. And they hang up. They call again and they just don't pick up. They let it ring, let it ring, let it ring. And she is like terrified. Yeah. Okay, this is the first time she's ever been like, fine. Okay, we're not doing this. That morning, who shows up in El freaking Salvador? Her parents. Yeah. Because they're psycho. Because they're psycho. Rather than showing her the contract and basically having to fess up on their whole life of style, what they've been doing, they fly to El Salvador and he's filming on his phone. That's how they basically get around it. They film content in El Salvador on their mission trip. Rather than give them the contract, that's because it didn't the contract like she wasn't she didn't have to be there she she did she legally had to be there but basically her dad instead of ba- showing her because what then she he was signed see, yes, yes yes rather than showing what he had signed basically away all of her money rights he could sign for her because once basically once he, I think the dad was realizing once Jill and Derek realized what's yeah. going on all the siblings will yeah and then I'm a, I'm a sham like my whole life has been a scandal yeah. basically. Which it is. Which it is. And so basically then this is like really when it all just starts to kind of like hit the fan really because 
they come back and they try to like smooth things over, but it's obviously awkward as yeah. heck. Yeah. Like now there's this big looming thing in the air of like, so am I like an employee then? Mm. Or am I just been doing this volunteer? Because that's what I thought I was doing. Yeah. Jill's like, I thought I was volunteering. I thought I was helping out the family <laughs> on our mission. I thought I was doing a mission. To serve the Lord. Honestly, a slave in her own home. Literally. Like that is crazy. Literally. So then they essentially want, Jill and Derek are wanting to be a part of this other missions organization. And I'm literally blanking because I had it written down, but it's like one of those that it's like a more well-known, it's like very hard to get into, if that makes sense. Like they vet out people. They really want to make sure you're doing it for the right reason. So it's like a couple of years process of like, if you really wanted to be a serious missionary, yeah. this is what it takes. It's not easy. The... Financial side of it is not easy. Being moved around, not easy. Yeah. Learning language, not easy. So like it, they, this missions organization, they don't take people on. Just like if they're like, I want to sign up and help. It's like, you're going to be a part of this organization. We're going to help fund you, all these things. So in 2018, they want to be a part of this, okay? They ask them, this organization says, okay, is there any reason like with your show, with your filming that you would not be able to be like, you would not be able to basically be where you need to be? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, technically, but like they're, we're trying to get out of that. But like, yes, technically. So they're like, okay, well, once you give us a document that shows that you are no longer attached to the show, then you're all good to go. Yep. Tell me why. Lies. Tell me <laughs> why. They are waiting a year, almost a year, to get legal confirmation that there's no agreement between the dealers and filming. That's absolutely. Because ridiculous. they won't let them off the show. Yeah. I feel like at some point it's like you're you're kidnapping these people in a weird way. Yes. Like let them live their lives. Like I don't It's crazy. And well, and that's why like they start to get their own lawyers. They start yeah. to get their own people to look at the stuff, look at the documents, and then go back and forth between her dad's lawyers slash the network's lawyers mm-hmm. to basically like, can we just get a copy of yeah. whatever I'm agreed to? Can we just get that? Yep. And it takes almost a year. And this man. it's just like, it's tearing their relationship fraud? apart. Oh, I, I mean, literally, that's why they're hard to get lawyers. Yeah. Because it's not legal. Like, you can't legally be obligated to something you don't know. Like, if you are, like, they have to show it. So that's why they were literally hiring lawyers to be like, you have to release those co- contracts yeah. that she signed. Yeah. And so just this is like tearing their relationship apart, obviously. Yep. Like, so basically now Jill and her dad have a really bad relationship because it's like, what? Why are you just being honest? Why are you just like telling me what's going on? Like what is happening? And so then in April of 2019, the relationship really starts to take a decline where basically the dad says like, I don't want you coming over now unless I'm there. Yeah. So again, that like you were talking about the umbrella of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also like, I don't understand. Like this is a family. This is, well, he claims to be a family man. Right. I really feel like he's tearing his whole entire family apart. Oh, 100%. Well, and so it's just getting worse and worse. So then he basically is like, you can't come over unless I'm there. Yeah. And then in they they finally get the, the missions organization that they want to work with and like are trying to get hot, like not hired by, but they're trying to join. Yeah. They basically say, hey, we cannot wait around. We're going to give the position to somebody else. And yeah. it's like a, a prestige. It's like a position that it's like, it, it's, one that they've waited for years to go through. They've yeah. gone through background checks. They've gone through hiring process, like all these things. And so they basically miss out on it because their family wouldn't release the contract. Yeah. 
And so then it just is like, at this point, it's like, okay, you guys are literally interfering in our life. Like you guys are literally holding up our actual life. Like Mm -hmm. what we want to do, what we feel like God's put in front of us to do, what we feel like our life purpose is, what we feel like this next stage of our life, whatever. And so then in 2020, they finally address their issues. They get basically like a um, mediator, a mediator. Yeah. So like Jill and Derek sit down with a mediator with, Michelle and also Michelle, where are you at this whole time? Under that- the umbrella. Oh! <laughs> it's okay. raining and she doesn't even know. She doesn't even know she's it. She's under that umbrella. Yes. Yeah. So they just get a mediator. It doesn't. It goes terribly. Yeah. It goes horribly, horribly wrong. And so then the mediator, when the parents leave, like the dad at one point in this session was like standing up, basically saying to Jill, like, "You are dishonoring me. You are not like being behaving like as a daughter should. Like, oh, like." Keeping all this dishonor on you, dishonor on your whole family. Literally, yes. They're <laughs> literally like he's just coming down on her. Yeah. They leave the therapist or the mediator. Mediator. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like so heated. The mediator is like, yeah, you guys are not ready yeah. to be in the same room together. Yeah. So then the mediator says, you guys need to go get your own therapist person to help you work through all of this stuff. Yeah. Your parents need to sit tight until you're ready to come to them. Essentially. And so then 2021, the show is finally canceled again. So the Jill and Jessica County on is canceled because Josh, the yes. oldest brother again, yes. has come out with more offenses. Yeah. They, he was like in, he had like child pornography. Yeah. He was distributing. Yeah. He was like caught. But what makes me wonder is like the guy, the Gothard guy that was like in charge, like my really big question is like, did he ever hurt Josh? Because I feel like it's like, it's it seems like for him to start at like 12 to 15 is like a learned thing, mm. you know? And like, I don't think it was ever clarified that it was just girls that Gothard was ever hurting. He was hurting little kids. I know that he, they like made this, there was like a joke around the IBLP of like Gothard's girls is what yeah. they call them. And they would say like, oh, he loves like his blondes or whatever. Yeah. Like creepy yeah. AF, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. like. If anyone in a, any kind of organization is like, oh, yeah, that's one of Gothic's, like, that's one of his yeah. girls. It's like, what? Yeah. But so I don't know if they talked, if it came out about boys as well, but it yeah. did come out. But I'm like, saying that could be like a hidden thing. Cause like most pedophiles, most of the time, it's just like kids in general. Yeah. Like when you look at, like, a, you know, so it's like that, that part would just make me sad of like, oh, like I hope nothing ever happened to him which like messed him up so much and nobody's paying attention to the fact that something happened to him that he's like hurting other people around him. Yeah. You know, because that seems to be how the majority of those cases like are formed. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, but the show gets canceled. Yeah. Literally, it says 30, more than 30 women came forward and accused the leader, Bill uh, Gothard, of sexual harassment. Yeah. 10 of whom later filed a lawsuit against him and the church and which they claimed he had inappropriately touched them. It's just, yeah. 30 women. So anyway, that was like, the show finally gets canceled. And then in 2022, Josh is sentenced to 12 years in prison. And it's just, it brings up again all this hard, all the horribleness that happened in their family when they were young. But then also for Jill, just having to relive it. Like they're being followed by paparazzi like crazy. Like it's just their life is so, so horrible. And she, they're not even doing the missions work that they wanted to do. And so um, Derek is like trying to go back to school and, a law just, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally look, trying to go to school, and yeah, and so basically, the end of this book is like her coming to all these realizations of like what she wants her life to be like, and she like 
pierces her nose, which is like a shocking thing. She wears jeans for the first time at 26. 26. Yeah, I love jeans. Like, I don't, how does that happen? And she was, like, so scared of her parents seeing her. And then when they finally did, like, they got a call. Like, she got a call from her dad being like, hey, your sister, when she decided to start wearing jeans, like, she called us and explained her thoughts and everything and shared why she was doing this. And that, Mind you. If you ain't going to share my money, there, I'm not going to share my thoughts. Yes. Okay? Because time is money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now. Like, that. It's just insane, like, yeah. the amount of authority that he— th- It's just like, what Bible were you reading? Right, and he would always say, like, the stir-up contention among the brethren. That's, like, his phrase is he would always be like, hey, don't want to stir up contention among the brethren. So, like, even when his sister called, he's like, you're stirring up contention among the brethren. Like, mm. brethren bringing their family. Brethren bringing the boys and the girls. Like, yeah. <laughs> all of them. And but so, did he say anything about Josh? No. And that's what was so really horrible is there's um, an interview. You can literally Google it. Like I watched some of it. It's just, it made me kind of sad. So I stopped watching it. But it's like Michelle Kelly is interviewing Jill and one of the other sisters who mm-hmm. Josh had literally done the fences to. They basically, when it first came out in 2015, they were interviewed. The girls were. Not Josh. Not the parents. The, the girls. girls were. And then this is another reveal from the book is that Josh was sitting on a couch out of screen that day at the interview. It is so like, who How, is allowing this to happen? I don't. Who thought that was okay? So oh literally Jill is just like reliving all this stuff. So then in 2022, it, he finally gets sentenced to prison. So literally those last years, 12 years, he sentenced to prison. Yeah. So right now Josh is in prison and Jill is wearing jeans. Yeah. And just trying. Good for you, Jill. Yes. You live your life, honey. Yes. You live your truth. You get that money. You do that mission. Yes. You have them kids only as many as li- or as little as you want. Yes. And you work those jeans. Yes. yes. You work that up, Jill. You work that. Okay? Actually, her hair's down and it's in a balayage. She looks amazing. You work that balayage. <laughs> work that haircut. Okay? But no, and I think what, what I did really, really appreciate about this book, though, is at the end in the afterward... She goes on a little like paragraph about what this book is not. Mm. And I don't know many memoirs that are like that. I don't know many quote unquote tell all books that are like that, where she says this is not to like shiz on my whole family. This is not to stir up um, upsetting like comments with my family. This is not for you to come at my family or hurt my. And she talks about, no, this is what I did appreciate from my family. This is what I did value about my upbringing. But what this book is, is trying to hopefully make space for other people that have been in similar circumstances that are going through similar things, not deconstructing, but reforming their beliefs of what they understand Christianity to be, what they understand faith to be, what they understand getting out of a hyper fixated, like authoritative Mm -hmm. space to be. So I actually thought that that was like a really mature slash, it, it showed the goal of why she wrote it. Yeah. For sure. Unlike Mr. Prince Harry. I was thinking uh, about him. <laughs> Prince Harry said, this is to ruin your dang yeah. life. <laughs> he said, this book is But don't not- look at me. Yeah. <laughs> but look at me. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is like of all the memoirs and like tell all books we've read. Yeah. I was like, I feel like that was like a positive ending, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, my biggest thing is just people who are listening. People will always represent the Lord wrong. So do not look at what these people do or other people you might know who love the Lord, claim to love the Lord, 
as that is Jesus, that is God. It doesn't work that way. We all fall short. We're all going to make mistakes, you know? And so it's like, I feel like in this family, you have the umbrella of authority and you're supposed to all look to God, but it feels like in the mix-up, they were kind of making their father their God, you know, mm-hmm. their idol in a way. And yep. so it's like, this, their dad made some, a lot of mistakes, you know, yep. but he's not Jesus. No. So like, I think when people read these books, like, oh, this is why I'm not part of the church. The church is not the Lord. And the church is also a place full of people yes. that hopefully are all trying to become more and more yes. like Jesus and do what he did. Which means if you look at scripture, the things that he did, he was perfect. Yes. Christians are not. And so it's like, you are going to mess up. You're going to mess up outside the church. You're going to mess up inside the church. You're going to hurt people's feelings outside the church or inside the church. But hopefully you're in a church body where you can talk to one another about it. You can hold each other accountable and you can be like have room for forgiveness and change. Like I think that's literally what people are trying to do in their lives, both inside and outside the church is hopefully like grow and evolve and change. Like you never want to stay in the exact same way. And so it's even like in the church, you're trying to hopefully become more and more of a kind person, of yes. a gentle person, of a loving person, of a generous person. Like, And you're going to have setbacks. Yep. You're going to be selfish sometimes. Yep. You're going to be rude sometimes. But hopefully you're in a space where people can say, hey, yeah. I've noticed this. Like, what's going on? Like, how yeah. are you feeling? And so, yeah, I just think this book, it's like, it is obviously the extremist side of that. Yeah. It is the extremist yes. side of Christianity, extremist side of conservatism. It, it's... It's that way for a reason. There was a show about them for a reason because they weren't just living like every single other person. Um, but I just think, yeah, they're, I think it was like a very interesting book to read from someone that grew up in a similar-ish mm. setting. Yeah. I would not say that my like childhood reflected this at all. Yeah. But similar veins of, I think, intention were there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just feel like she did a good job writing about this. So what are your yeah. final thoughts? Give it a star. I feel like we haven't given it a rating in a, a star. minute. Give there, it a star, this, baby. This book had so much in it. I feel like we could probably talk about it forever. And 100%. so, you know what? I'm going to give it a four and a half. You know, I'm stingy with my stars. Ooh. But I just think for her to come out of her comfort zone, for her to go against the grain of what's been happening in her family, to truly tell the honest truth, but in a way where she's not trying to put anybody down, but raise up the people who have been in similar situations, is just a type of bravery that we do not see often. And so for that, ma'am, you know, you don't have five stars. You don't get a five star for me. You get five keys if you're a listener, you now, okay? You get five keys. Um yeah, proud of you, Jill. That takes guts. It's a good one. So if you guys are interested in reading this book, I would say give it a read. Yes. It was it was really good. There's obviously a lot more in there that we didn't get to, but I do feel like we gave a good Yeah, a pretty good pretty overview. Good overview, yeah. some good details. Um there's some <laughs> the crazy stuff. There's nitty gritty in there. Um that we didn't get to. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I hope you guys are having the best start to your holiday season, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.